Welcome, listeners. This is Episode Zero of The Socialist Program with Brian Becker. I'm Nicole Roussel. I'm here with Walter Smolarik and, of course, Brian Becker. We helped bring you the news and analysis show Loud and Clear with Brian Becker five days a week for nearly five years. So welcome to Loud and Clear listeners. Welcome to new listeners. Welcome to everyone. We're starting here today, not with episode one of the Socialist Program, but we're starting with episode zero. Um, we just want to tell uh, tell listeners, tell fans of Loud and Clear, um, tell tell new listeners and people who are tuning in, want to tell everyone what this show is going to be. Um, it's going to have a lot of similarities to Loud and Clear, which we're really excited about. Um, and it's going to have some really exciting new programming as well. Um, and we just wanted to introduce ourselves a little bit and, and tell people what to expect. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, I, and again, for our audience, and especially for those who really rallied to our cause at the time that Loud and Clear was abruptly canceled August 31st, we did not expect the show to, to come to a screeching halt. Uh, it did. Uh, we had to part ways uh, with those who we had been working. We felt very good, though, about the, the programming that we were able to, to bring to our listeners for the past almost five years. We did bring 1,138 shows, 6,012 interviews with really some of the best guests uh, who should be, if there was uh, a kind of people's media, they would be on the mainstream media because their expertise was so great. Uh, but those voices are frequently shut out. Uh, instead, we have mainstream, corporate-owned, capitalist, media-owned uh, outlets having pundits who know so little but on so many topics. And so people are given news and analysis that's really just more or less an echo chamber of whatever the government policy is, an echo chamber of the military-industrial complex really an echo chamber for capitalism and, and imperialism. Uh, we brought you something far different and loud and clear. Uh, again, we have struggled because we had to start over. Uh, we asked people to help us raise money, and uh, many, many people did. I think almost 400 people came forward and made you know urgently needed donations so that we could uh, buy the equipment, uh, construct studios, uh, do all of the things that we need to do in order to bring high quality programming back to our listeners and perhaps millions of other new listeners. And so, yes, it's episode zero of a new show. It's called The Socialist Program. We want to talk about the name and why we chose that name. Uh, we want to talk also about what the format's going to look like. Walter, we're going to be doing a show that's really uh, not five days a week, but it's going to be two days a week, packed filled with content, but they're going to be distinctively different shows. One will be on Tuesday and one will be on Thursday. And again, these, uh, these, this programming will be brought to you starting in mid-November. Let's just talk about how the new show 
will be organized, what the new format looks like. Well, you know, we've heard a lot of feedback from our listeners since August 31st, since we had to abruptly stop broadcasting loud and clear about how much you relied on our news and analysis to stay up to date with the latest developments in the United States and around the world. And and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, So, of course, one of the shows, uh, one of the episodes per week will be about just that, the biggest news of the week, the biggest developments in politics and the economy in international politics and society. And the second show will be these deep dives, long form interviews that may be multi-part. We could be talking about the real history of the Supreme Court. Of course, that's in the news now as the, the Republicans and Trump continue to stack this already undemocratic institution. But what's been the role of the Supreme Court throughout American history? We could do a deep dive on that. We could talk, since we're talking about socialism, uh, about some basic core definitions. What is socialism? Uh, What was the Soviet Union? What were its achievements? What were its defects? We could talk about what imperialism is. Is imperialism a mistaken foreign policy carried out by uh, politicians who have a malign view of the world? Or is it a global system based on exploitation. We could talk about the genesis of American foreign policy in the last two decades under the circumstances where the United States has been bogged down in endless war in the Middle East, while China has continued to rise peacefully and economically such that it now challenges uh, the United States as a major economic superpower. Uh, What is the history of American exceptionalism? Where does it come from? We could talk about the traditions that have been obliterated in American history books, but are very important uh, histories about the struggle of people, the struggle uh, for the end of slavery, the struggle of reconstruction, one of the most revolutionary periods of American history that lasted from 1865 until 1876 when it was snuffed out in the northern bourgeoisie capitulated to the old slaveocracy and the slaveocracy in turn used the KKK and instruments of terror to snuff out the aspirations of formerly enslaved people for freedom in the southern states of the United States. Uh, We could talk about all of these kind of bigger picture issues in this deep dive segment that will be taking place on the Thursday show, the second show each week of the new socialist program. One thing I think that um, that listeners who tuned into Loud and Clear uh, might might know a bit about already um, for for new people. I just want to talk a little bit about this, too, because um, one of the really unique things about this show and about um, the the team that brought you Loud and Clear and specifically Brian Becker is the experience that Brian Becker brings. He's not only been a journalist on the front lines, but he's, I think, maybe more importantly, been an organizer on the front lines for decades. As he said many times uh, in, in on Loud and Clear or in, in other in print media, you know, he became a socialist at the age of 16 and has been on the front lines in various movements, um, you know, organizing, mobilizing, 
and pushing for a better world, pushing for change for decades now. And that doesn't really exist in a lot of podcasts. That doesn't really exist in a lot of radio shows. That doesn't really exist, period. Um, and one of the really important and incredible things that um, that we're hoping to bring you is, like Walter was just saying, a deeper dive into you know, some of these really incredible and important topics um, like, what was it like, Brian, when you went to the DMZ in Korea? This is the kind of experience and knowledge and firsthand information that doesn't exist in corporate media um, and doesn't really exist on the airwaves. We weren't really always able to get in on Loud and Clear into all these conversations. Um, you know, fans of Loud and Clear, um, I'm I'm imagining, probably had similar um, reactions as I did when I'm sitting as a producer and monitoring um, you know, as Brian is is interviewing someone or as is discussing with someone, you know, we we had to we had to cut things off because of time, because we were on the radio. We had to cut things off because merely we got to 28 minutes or we got to 15 minutes or whatever. Um, but we don't have to do that here. We can really dive in and um, and really only, you know, wrap up a discussion when it's actually wrapped up. So um, we're very excited to be here and we're we're very excited to um, to be moving forward. I want to just pick up on that a little bit, Nicole. I mean, what we're trying to bring an audience is a worldview, its political perspective, its historical perspective, its news and analysis that's um, partisan. We have strong beliefs. We have strong ideas. We care about justice. We care about peace. We care about the fight against racism. Uh, we we're not hiding that we're not pretending to be neutral. In in fact, we're the opposite of neutral. But at the same time, we're trying to bring analysis and news that's based on reality and the complexity of reality, and helping our audience try to understand uh, big issues in the world that are being presented again by the corporate-owned mainstream capitalist-owned media in a way that simply is designed to fortify the dominant narrative in society, the narrative of the government, the narrative of the two ruling class parties, the narrative of Wall Street, the narrative of the military industrial complex. We're trying to do all that. And at the same time, we are, besides being journalists and besides having this radio show or podcast, we are active people. I, I'm thinking back to, to June 1st. Remember, that was the day that Donald Trump uh, used the police to clear H Street Northwest, just north of Lafayette Park, uh, using all kinds of police violence to get rid of peaceful protesters and the media uh, in order to walk across the park and, and stand in front of St. John's Church and hold up a Bible. So he used the power of the state, the coercive institutions of organized violence against peaceful people engaged in the exercise of their First Amendment rights, either to protest or to be the media covering the protest. And on that same day, on June 1st, Nicole, you were there on H Street covering the protests. You held up your press credentials. The police agencies looked at you and then shot you seven times with stinger grenades and rubber bullets, and you were tear gassed and you were trampled. And on that same day, on June 1st, uh, the other producer of the show, Walter Smolarek, was helping to lead a protest in Philadelphia, uh, a peaceful protest out onto one of the main uh, freeways there. And the police uh, engaged in an unprovoked, violent attack 
a massive tear gas attack. It became national news because people almost died. It was those dramatic scenes of Walter and the other people trying to climb off the highway over a fence, uh, you know, in a cloud of tear gas. And then the next day we were all back on the air again. I mean, that June 2nd, we brought you two hours of content the next day. We had, we were talking about Syria or we were talking about the cutoff of Medicaid for uh, people, working class folks in different states. We were talking about women's right to choose and what was at stake with all of the right wing efforts to, uh, to, to crush women's rights. We brought you the same coverage the next day. So you have people bringing you radio and news and analysis. And at the same time, this isn't separate from their lives, our lives. It's the life we lead. And so uh, in many ways, we feel, as you mentioned, Nicole, this is very unique. I don't think you get this. You can think, I can think about other podcasts, uh, including progressive podcasts, and some of them are great. But this combination of uh, militant advocacy, passionate partisan activity in our personal lives, and at the same time, a historic and political worldview that provides news and analysis really unlike much else that you'll see or anything else you'll see, or I guess you, we should say here in the world of radio and podcast. And that's why I think we're so excited to, to be here. We're so excited and really honored that 387 people actually, you know, we had a number of people donate through checks or other methods um, too. So, you know, really it's over 400 people who decided that they wanted this team to continue airing um, information and news and analysis. And with the very generous funds that, that people donated, we've been able to purchase the software, the hardware, you know, high quality microphones, all of the equipment that's really necessary to bring you excellent content, but also um, to bring high quality production values that are so important for a show like this. You know, before we had sound engineers who um, who would record our shows, who would record and and mix and um, cut and and improve loud and clear. Um, but you know, we don't have that anymore. So we've had to train all of us on software and equipment. Um, we had to you know buy software and equipment, and all of the funds from all of you all have made that possible. Um, you know, we've been in long conversations with one or honestly maybe two dozen different people about how does this even work? How do you go independent? Um, you know, we don't have the backing of an institution anymore. What, how does that work? And of course, you know, the three of us and, and with others as well, we've spent um, really significant time thinking about what we what kind of feedback we'd heard from listeners over the years, um, the kind of things we wanted to be able to produce um, and how, you know, how to how to have news and analysis that makes change itself, that helps people be armed with facts that they need and perspectives that they need to go out and and join organizations and lead movements um, and and join in this socialist movement of bringing about socialist change, bringing about a socialist revolution. So that's why we're here today, and that's why we, the three of us, have started um, the socialist program with Brian Becker. I want to talk about. I want to talk, Nicole, about the socialist program. I, obviously, in a way, it's a it's a double entendre. We are a program. Uh, we are socialists, and so uh, we're not only talking about socialism, but it's a the socialist program. But you know, I want to I want to talk about what's going on 
with the idea of socialism. You know, Donald Trump has made the 2020 campaign being uh, a campaign against socialism. He said, if if Joe Biden is elected, the country is going to be radical and socialist. And and he's been crusading in this weird red baiting campaign against Joe Biden, who himself is a red baiter, uh, who is an anti-socialist. He keeps every time uh, Donald Trump says you're a radical leftist and all all Joe Biden can say, of course, he doesn't speak well. But, you know, the one or two words that he's able to utter in response in defense of himself is, no, I'm not. No, I'm not a socialist. I defeated the left. Of course, the Democratic Party establishment defeated Bernie Sanders, and they did it because they'd rather lose to Donald Trump than have Bernie Sanders and the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party take control of the party. But I want to talk about about socialism because it's in the news. It's obviously a big part of the Trump campaign. And millions of people started identifying as socialists because they were so enthusiastic about Bernie Sanders' campaign. Now, Bernie Sanders says he is a democratic socialist, and democratic socialist means certain things. He, he's trying to make the point that he's identifying not as a communist, but as a social democrat. In other words, something that he could point to in Europe where there are ruling socialist parties in Europe that are pretty much pro-capitalist parties, but with pretty expansive social insurance programs, uh, such that if they were applied in the United States, they'd be a great step forward for working class and poor people, but they are not really a threat to or a challenge of the existing capitalist status quo in Europe. Now, people might think, well, socialism seems like a foreign ideology. And a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, yeah, I like socialism or it sounds good, but what what is it? Well, there are there are a few things to know. The the socialist movement in the United States, not in Russia, not in China, not in Cuba, I'm talking about in the United States was a mass movement. It was a mass movement of working class and poor people and young people a hundred years ago. Socialists controlled municipal governments in Schenectady, New York, Reading, Pennsylvania, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Dayton and Toledo, Ohio, Granite City, Illinois, Butte, Montana, of course, Berkeley, California, and numerous other cities. A hundred years ago, well, 105 or 106 years ago, there were hundreds of socialist publications, more than a hundred socialist newspapers, many of them daily newspapers. And we had a situation in the United States where the Amalgamated Clothing Workers Union, the other unions that constituted the American Federation of Labor before the CIO was created in the mid-1930s, even back then, a hundred years ago, they were all promoting the idea of socialism. The Amalgamated Clothing Workers of America promoted socialism openly among its members and even members of the syndicalist international workers of the world. Albert Einstein was a socialist. Helen Keller was a socialist. W.E.B. Du Bois was a socialist. Martin Luther King Jr. was a socialist. Coretta Scott King was a socialist. Huey Newton was a socialist. I mean, millions of Upton Sinclair, if you go through the literary world, I mean, there have been so many people identified with socialism, promoting socialism. And yet after World War II, 
during the middle of the Cold War and the U.S.-Soviet confrontation, anti-socialism or anti-communism, the Red Scare, became so pronounced that anti-socialism became almost an unofficial religion of the United States, and it was driven underground, and so it became extinguished in political discourse. If you wanted to talk about socialism or say, I'm a socialist, or even worse, a communist, uh, you weren't going to be able to continue in your career path. You couldn't work. Many people had to leave the country. Top leaders of the Communist Party went to prison just for being communists. I mean, not because of anything they did, but because of what they believed in. It was under those circumstances that socialism disappeared. But now is the crises of capitalism, the the foundational crises of capitalism, the the environmental crisis, the inability of the system to provide adequate employment for millions of people because new technologies are taking the jobs of working people. And because of the endless and relentless drive towards war, these are all principal features of modern day late stage capitalism. And a lot of people in the United States are now looking for an alternative. And so they're looking towards socialism. So we thought, what better way, given the fact that we are socialists and we actually understand socialism and the different debates and controversies among and between socialists, why not have a socialist program which provides the same objective news and analysis and historical perspective that we brought to you in Loud and Clear, but do it openly so that we can actually help give definition to socialism at the same time that we are partisan advocates of the idea that there can be another way societies organize so that all the needs of the people, the need to have affordable housing, the need to have free health care, the need to have free education, the need to have employment and an income, that those things become guarantees that they become, in fact, constitutional rights. It's not enough for the homeless uh, to be able to vote every two or four years. The homeless need to have the right to a home, and the same with the jobless. Real democracy requires economic and social, not simply political rights. So we want to talk about all of those things openly with great experts again, great uh, guests again. And we think it'll be something very, very unique and something necessary in America's political discourse as the movement and interest in socialism is indeed growing. I think another thing that's that's really expi- exciting and, and useful um, about Brian's particular experience in the socialist movement is the ups and downs, right? I mean, Brian's part of a very special generation of socialist leaders who who held it together after the Soviet Union was overthrown. I mean, I mean, the capitalist class in this country, they, they actually declared the end of history. I mean, one of their most famous intellectuals wrote a whole book called The End of History because they thought once the Soviet Union was overthrown and many of the governments that were allied to the Soviet Union were overthrown or took far right turns, that that was basically it. Capitalism would reign supreme forever. And you know what? There are a lot of people in the socialist and communist movement around the world who basically bought into that idea. I mean, there are whole communist parties that essentially decided to dissolve themselves because they essentially bought into this idea of the end of history. But Brian uh, and a lot of people who he was organizing with did not and, and kept the idea that we could actually have a socialist revolution, a socialist society alive. And now we're in this very exciting moment where there's millions and millions of new people, a new generation that's coming around and agreeing. But but there's this gap 
right? Because of this reactionary wave, the dominance of this counter-revolutionary tendency over the whole world, there's a generational gap. Uh, And so people who are, you know, maybe my age or Nicole's age are are cut off from sort of the normal transmission belts of information from one generation of revolutionaries to the next. And so I I think that's a very valuable part of of what Brian's going to be bringing to the show. And those are exactly the kind of conversations that we want to have that we know um, our listeners want to hear, um, that that we really want to bring onto um, the airwaves. And, you know, this new show is only possible because of all of the support from all of you, from the people who have already donated to make this new show possible and to put us back on the air. We also want to give a huge, huge thanks to musician John Preisner, also known as Anna Hedron, for composing the theme song for the Socialist Program. All the beds, uh, all the creativity that went into all this. We absolutely really, really appreciate having such an excellent and and creative theme song. John Preisner, thank you so much. People might also know his work because he was the composer of the film Gaza Fights for Freedom and the show The Empire Files. And we also want to give a huge thanks to Nate Schmidt. He's an artist out of Wisconsin. He developed the show art, the gorgeous show art, all of the, the logos, everything we have um, was all thanks to Nate Schmidt. Again, thank you both so much. We really, really appreciate it. We have to thank Mike Preisner as well. Mike Preisner has been working with us in this process ever since we started it, when we decided we're going to keep going, we're going to keep this kind of excellent progressive journalism going, but we had to do it independently. So we, we were starting from scratch and we didn't have any money. We didn't have a name yet. We you know, we were really needing help and assistance. Of course, as you mentioned, Nicole, John Preisner did so much, Nate Schmidt so much. So a big shout out to Mike Preisner and also to Abby Martin, who has also given us expert advice about how we should begin this new project. There's just so many people to actually express thanks and our gratitude to people who donated and made an urgently needed contribution such that we could actually do all of this, people who provided other assistance and advice. I mean, we can't list everyone. We can't do that because we would just go on and on. So I want to have a very special thanks and shout out to Maria Cho. Steve Pat, Mara Verhaden Hilliard, Silvio de Oliveira, Alba Matos, Melba Conway, Peter Gose, Dana Fenstermaker, Lee Camp, Kay Pritzker, Andrew Nimmelman, Anthony Whitaker, Liz Lowengard, Ben Norton, Max Blumenthal, Anya Perimpil, And again, to so, so many other people, and again, just because for the sake of time, we can't go forward, but to all of you, a big thank you. We are going to be launching uh, mid-November. You can can check out um, uh, some of our social media that I'll list in just a minute, but we are dedicated to keeping all of our main episodes completely free for everyone. Um, and the way that we can do that is through the help of of all of you, through the help of donors, through um, and through the new patrons for our new Patreon page. So we're going to have a number of different tiers that people can donate at, but all the benefits will be the same. And um, that's because we want to have a strong community of people who listen to the show. And we want to make sure that we can keep the content completely free. We want everybody and anybody to be able to access this information. Um, 
so having patrons is really, as an independent show, the only way we can actually produce this show. It's the only way we can survive. Um, it's the only way to keep all of us on on staff and uh, keep the quality content high. Um, and so we uh, we are hoping that people will subscribe and will be interested in being patrons. If you become a patron at any level, um, $5 a month or more, um, we will be offering monthly discussion seminars with Brian. We'll encourage patrons to submit questions, topics, um, things they, they want to hear from Brian about, um, and we'll have those monthly seminars for patrons only. Um, so I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash the socialist program. Nicole, let me let me just jump in real quick. You know, some people can give five dollars a month and some people can give two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Some people may be able to give even more than that. But for us, what's important and the reason why we're going to have different categories. And of course, uh, we need big donations. We need big donations in order to sustain an independently hosted show. But we also recognize that a lot of people who love the show, uh, for them, a $5 a month donation may be the same as somebody else making a $100 a month donation based on where they are in the, in the income ladder or where their assets are. There, there is a, there's a differential in what people can donate, but there's an equality uh, in sacrifice and an equality based on people really wanting to make this a success. So that's why this monthly conversation that we're going to have only with Patreon uh, subscribers will be uh, with me. It'll be talking about all of the issues that we'd like to talk about more uh, on the radio, but we want to do it really for that smaller group of people whose, whose donations make uh, the show possible. And we want to be able to talk about the topics that matter most to the Patreon subscribers. So we're going to set up a system where all, all Patreon donors will be able to participate in this monthly discussion, which I really, really look forward to because it's not just keeping the show going. We are building a community, a community of resistance to injustice and to war. And, you know, this show is just part of that larger picture. So keep an eye out for our first episode that'll be coming out again mid-November. Um, and in the meantime, follow us and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Socialist Program and on Instagram. We can only continue our work bringing you high quality news, analysis and history with the support of you all, our listeners. Um, and again, become a patron at patreon.com slash The Socialist Program and receive access to an exclusive monthly discussion with Brian with questions from patrons. Thank you guys so much.